This is TL Talk Radio, Season 1, Episode 5. Welcome to TL Talk Radio, a regular podcast with Lynn Funihetten and Randy Ziegenfuss, where our goal is to engage you in learning, motivate you to share your work, and inspire you to lead for the change we need in schools for the digital age. I'm Randy Ziegenfuss. And I'm Lynn Funihetten. Good, good morning. Good morning, Lynn. How Welcome to morning? episode five. I'm good. I'm good. I'm waking up, but I'm good. I think this is going to be good today because <laughs> I really like our topic. Tell us about it. I do too. So today we're going to talk about how we approach secondary curriculum revision process and how in three steps you can support shifts in instructional practice and assessment practices. So first we provide a structure, then we set the expectation, and finally to get our best work we scaffold the process and provide differentiated support. When we started in these jobs a couple of years ago, several years ago now I guess. Wow, it's hard to believe it's a couple of years ago now already. Yeah, this is the beginning of year three I guess, right? (laughs) Yes. So when we started in this in these roles and curriculum was obviously something that was under our domain and we had to work on and we had a lot of work to do. Uh, we were in a curriculum writing cycle that's probably similar to many other school districts. And that is you have a five or six year period and uh, the people who are in charge of curriculum like us uh, slot in each of the content areas, English, science, social studies, etc., and and slot them into to one of those years. And then when the, the, t- the clock starts ticking and that year comes up for review, all those teachers get together, they write new curriculum or they rewrite and tweak some of the old curriculum and then it kind of goes on the shelf and then another six years comes around and they're all like, wow, that's really what we're supposed to be teaching. (laughs) So um, we decided that that wasn't going to work for us. And what we had to do was be a little bit innovative and think of some different ways that we could approach this. We didn't want to get to the end of the cycle and have the curriculum being taught in the classroom have taken six different iterations from where it started six years earlier. Um, we also know too that that those cycles don't work because in the financial times that we're in, there are budget cuts and then you know that science curriculum that was in year four didn't get enough money and now they have to be bumped to year five. So that means that year five, Content areas are now in year six, so instead of being six years out, they're seven years. So it was just a mess. It was just something that, as leaders, we felt that we had the responsibility to develop and maintain something new. And um, how could we develop and maintain a rigorous curriculum in some sort of new model, some new way of thinking? And that's what we want to share with you today. So we have all of these factors that created this perfect storm for us and, and really the opportunity to think about curriculum and updating our, our curriculum regularly to match the instruction in the classroom. You know, when teachers teach different courses or we have changeover, um, things got lost along the way. So this is our effort to make sure that we're offering that rigorous instruction in our classrooms and documenting and sharing that with all of our stakeholders, our parents, our students, and, and certainly our board. And it was a good time, too, because with the implementation of the Common Core, and in Pennsylvania we call it the PA Core, we've got those instructional shifts that need to happen in the classroom. 
we're looking to integrate more technology more deeply. And so all these things just sort of fit together. And so it was time to reimagine this. The first thing we needed to do was provide a structure. And um, we looked around at other curriculum templates. We talked to our, our regional network that we shared last, last time with you, teachers and leaders in our local IU. And we looked at the PDE resources on pdesas.org and identified some major concepts that we wanted to include on our curriculum template. It's in the show notes, so you can certainly take a look at it, but we emphasized big ideas, essential questions, standards, both academic and from professional organizations, as well as the core, um, concepts, competencies, tier three vocabulary, and instructional practices and assessments. Once we had that structure, that curriculum template in place, it was time for us to go to stage two, which was to set some expectations. And we did that by working with our department chairs and our educational liaisons. Now those are our content area teacher leaders. And we made sure that they understood all the sort of priorities uh, which were going to be expected in the curriculum document. Um, varied instructional practices, varied assessments that represent all the different levels of the web's depths of knowledge. The use of technology, and we use the SAMR framework. So having a variety of activities for students and assessments for students that reflect the different levels of the SAMR framework and making sure that those instructional leaders were um, confident navigating around the standards aligned system, uh, PASAS.org. Once those department chairs and educational liaisons were confident. Those who were ready to do their curriculum writing, we met with them as an entire department, as an entire team of teachers, and made sure that they understood the template, that they understood the concepts that were being asked of them to be placed on the template, and ensuring that they had an understanding of all of those different areas, the webs, the SAMR, and the PA SAS system. Absolutely. And, and although we you know, it sounds like we're providing that ourselves. We certainly work collaboratively with our department chairs so that they could take more ownership of the process. Um, a couple of examples, our math department chair used some of her professional development time this summer to lead content-focused sessions on web's depth of knowledge and uh, math using some very specific math-focused webinars. Um, another example, our business department chair um, led the way by developing a comprehensive resource for her department members so that they could use this document with key ideas and, and notes about these initiatives and focus areas um, as they worked independently at home. So uh, phase three of, of our process was for us to scaffold the entire process. And this is where I think we've been pretty innovative in developing a curriculum review protocol. And you'll see that document also in the show notes. And the idea behind this protocol was really the thing that broke that cycle of waiting five years to, ex to revisit and examine those curriculum documents. So we created a protocol and uh, it was a, it was a, you know, I wouldn't say a lengthy process, but it was a process. It was it was a multi-step process. It was a bit messy at first because we didn't have any models. It was something that we had to come up with ourselves, and it was it was kind of like um, a guided list of questions that takes teachers through reflecting upon their year in the classroom and reflecting upon the information that's in that written curriculum document and making sure that those two things line up. And the way that we use this, 
The, the key piece here is that teachers do that on an annual basis so that we're not waiting six years. We're doing individual tweaks along the way on an annual basis. And one of the huge benefits of this is that teachers are uh, being reflective about their own practice, about ways to improve their practice around those things that are expected of them in terms of instructional practices and assessments. Absolutely. And it certainly wasn't easy to create that tool, um, the template being real, really the meat of what we're doing and, and why we think we're going to get these quality courses. You know, we created a draft, we let it simmer, and we tweaked it a bit. But the ultimate test was the day we sat down to review curriculum, which had been submitted. And um, like a teacher using a rubric on a project for the first time, we were using the assessment, the curriculum review protocol the first time, and we realized that it had a lot of ambiguity. And um, so we had to clean it up some more, add some specificity, uh, clarify some ideas, and um, then we thought we were in a place where we were ready to share it with our department chairs. So we took it to a department chair meeting with our liaisons there as well. And uh, prior to that, Lynn and I found um, a curriculum sample curriculum for us to use from a local school district. And that was really, uh, thanks to Lynn's idea, that was really, really helpful. And it was hard to actually find a curriculum that had a lot of the components in it that we were looking for. So we took this curriculum, we took the curriculum review protocol to the meeting. And during that hour, as a team, we went through the uh, protocol document. Were the questions clear? Um, then looking at the sample curriculum, do we find these things? Um, so the, the department chairs and the liaisons were getting some practice in not only doing this themselves, but also in conveying to their departments the kinds of things that we needed to have in those documents. It was a really, really um, exciting hour. Uh, and I remember at the end, I looked at Lynn and said, that was really good. And what was really good <laughs> about it was the fact that our teachers were reflecting, using their own knowledge of the things that we had been developing in them and um, the, the areas of DOK and SAMR and instructional practices and assessments and big ideas and essential questions. And, and having being able to have those conversations on a very sophisticated level about a curriculum that wasn't ours um, and having teachers go through that process and reflect um, was re really very gratifying. And it was definitely um, at that point, I think we knew that this was something that was going to work for us uh, this year. Uh, we were at the end of, of our summer and we've had a number of departments that wrote curriculum this past year. And this was the first summer that we actually used the curriculum review protocol. And uh, we've gotten some really good feedback. And, you know, one of those things is that teachers are now reflecting. And, um, you know, it's only year one and we're not tweaking a whole lot in those curriculum areas of math and English that we use the protocol on. But as we go through year two, we'll see how that develops. And um, we think that this is a really good process that we have in place. So keeping in mind that curriculum writing doesn't have to be a once in a blue moon task uh, where teachers dread working on this document that will be reviewed again six or seven years down the road. Um, but you can use this curriculum review process to help teachers focus on continuous improvement of their courses through reflection and conversation about teaching and learning. So over the next few years, we'll apply this tool to newly developed courses as well as our previously taught courses, which Randy mentioned. 
to help ensure that we're teaching and publishing the quality curriculum with the complex, complex tasks that we want for our students. So just a quick recap, provide the structure, set the expectation, and scaffold the process. Now, it's time to hear from you. Each episode, we leave you with a question or two to think about with the idea of provoking some conversation. This week's questions, is your curriculum review process working for you? Have you thought about changing it in the area of core and more rigorous instruction? What are the areas you have teachers focus on during the curriculum development process? You can visit our blog, share your uh, ideas, tltalkradio.org, leave a comment or a voicemail, or you can use the hashtag tltalkradio and we'll share your ideas in a future episode. In this podcast, we mentioned the curriculum template and the curriculum review protocol. We'll share those uh, two documents in the show notes, uh, links to those, so you can access those, use those freely, modify them. If you have any questions or other suggestions for future episodes, please click on the red send voicemail button on the right side of tltalkradio.org and leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you. And as we mentioned last week, Connected Educators Month is coming up in October, and we're planning various episodes around Connected Educator topics, and those topics are also listed in the show notes. Lastly, you can follow us on iTunes, and if you're so inclined, please leave us a review. I think that's it, Lynn, for this week. I was excited about this topic, and I hope other people find it useful as well. That's it for this week, and we'll see everybody next week with another engaging topic.